We need to have a talk about Attorney General Merrick Garland. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. On a podcast interview recently, Killer Mike was asked, what grade would he give President Joe Biden? <laughs> and uh, Killer Mike said an F minus. And uh, they said, are, are you sure not an F plus? And he said, no, 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 I, I don't mean an F plus. He said, I mean an F minus. And I don't know on a scale of one to 100, I don't know where an F minus begins. <laughs> you know, like, is it a 20? Whatever it is. But Killer Mike wasn't just selling wolf tickets like he backed it up and said, listen, let's talk about all that he should have done for us and has not done. And let's talk about all that he has done with his time that has not impacted us. Let's talk about who put him into office and who he's been accountable and responsible for. And when it was all said and done, the host of the podcast were like, yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. And not only do I agree with Killer Mike on his grade for Joe Biden, but I would also share a similar grade for Attorney General Merrick Garland. And in a whole lot of ways, Merrick Garland and Joe Biden are the same person. Follow me for a moment. They're uniquely different in their personalities and histories, but let me explain what I mean. In 2007, when Senator Barack Obama, many of you can't go back that far, in 2007, wow, uh, 15 years ago, when then-Senator Barack Obama started running for president, when he won the nomination, there were so many questions about who he would nominate as his vice presidential nominee. And ultimately he settled on Joe Biden. And this is not revisionist history. He chose Joe Biden for two or three reasons. One, it was widely thought back then that president Obama needed a white man to round, to quote unquote, round out his ticket. Although when white candidates run and choose other white folk as their nominees, they're not talking about rounding out so much. But not only did he pick Joe Biden because he was a white man, but because he was a moderate white man who had a history of working well with conservative white people. And Biden had kind of put himself out there as somebody who was a bit of a Republican whisperer and had a long history with conservative Democrats and conservative Republicans from speaking at their funerals and their retirement parties and, and them at his, they were, he was close with some of the worst conservatives in all of Congress. And Joe Biden in a lot of ways was supposed to be the type of candidate, vice presidential candidate, that could win white people over 
that didn't quite believe in Barack Obama or who had some type of prejudice themselves and needed someone like Joe Biden to help them accept Obama. Now, please, if you have strong views about who Obama was as a president, drop that for a moment. As a first-time presidential candidate, Barack Obama was spectacular. I mean, I would say in the top three presidential candidates, I'm talking about in 2007 and 2008, top three presidential candidates of all time. Spectacular. And ultimately could not be beat, would not be beat. And Joe Biden, I think, only ended up helping marginally with that. Barack Obama was such a a spectacular, historic candidate that he could have picked Bozo the Clown as his vice president, and I think he still would have won. But seven years later, after President Obama was in office, had finished his first term and was about to finish his second term, he had, he had to appoint a Supreme Court nominee. And Republicans had already said publicly, well, we're not going to vote for this person. Whoever you nominate, we're not going to vote for them. And Barack Obama did something that he had done before. Um, He appointed a white person that Republicans and conservatives had a long history of respecting and loving and working with. He appointed or nominated rather Merrick Garland as his Supreme Court nominee. Almost hear me out. There was people were begging President Obama to appoint a black woman as the nominee. A black woman had never been nominated to the Supreme Court. And here he was, the first black president. This was going to be his last nomination. Organizations all over the country. I know it it could be hard to think back a few years, but organizations across the country were saying, come on, you have to appoint or nominate a black woman to this role. And, and it has to be somebody, you know, progressive. And instead, he appointed a, a moderate to conservative white man. And people were like, what? Who, first, who the hell is Merrick Garland? And why did you nominate this man for your Supreme Court role? And, you know, people from the White House spoke about it rather candidly. They said, listen, Barack Obama nominated somebody that the Republican Senate has a long history of respecting. And he is daring them to not support Merrick Garland, a man that they like. And Obama's dare did not work. He dared them and they called his bluff and they also didn't support Merrick Garland. What's wild is President Obama, who is willing to speak more freely now, he's still very guarded, um, but is willing to speak more freely now than he was when he was president. President Obama will tell you, and certainly his DOJ staff from back in the day will talk about how Mayor Garland was not who he wanted to be on the Supreme Court. President Obama was not at all excited 
about having Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. He appointed Merrick Garland not as a practical joke, but as like, okay, y'all not going to support any of my progressive nominees, any of my liberal nominees. You're not going to support any black women I nominate. Let me basically nominate one of yours and see what happens. And in some ways, people thought of it as a throwaway pick. And instead of nominating a black woman that ended up not winning, he put Merrick Garland out there. And some insiders say that Merrick Garland and Obama kind of knew that that pick was doomed. So when Joe Biden won and he chose Merrick Garland as his attorney general, instead of a hundred, if I had a list of a hundred, Merrick Garland would be a hundred. Okay. Like he, he wouldn't even make my list of a hundred first off, but if he had to be on the list, he'd be last. When he nominated Merrick Garland, it was like, uh, why did you do that? And he made it out. Joe Biden made it out like it was like his ode to President Obama. This was never who President Obama really wanted on the Supreme Court. That was just him having a showdown with Republicans. Merrick Garland is about as conservative of an attorney general as Democrats have had in a very long time. Certainly not during the Clinton administration or the Obama administration did they have any attorney general as conservative as Merrick Garland. And not only has he been conservative politically in terms of what he's been willing to take on, but he's been, I'm trying to think of the right word, uh, uh, lame, quiet, slow to do anything, including his his almost complete unwillingness to take on the January 6th insurrection and the people who were behind it in any kind of truly vocal way, including willing to take on any case of police violence that was either dropped by the Obama administration or failed by the Trump administration. The only cases he's taking on, like, say, George Floyd, that case is already being prosecuted. Like, thank you for taking it on anyway, I guess. Or the men who murdered Ahmaud Arbery, like, okay, okay, thank you for prosecuting them again. Those men are about to get life in prison, but thank you for adding double life. And it's like, hold on, what about Breonna Taylor? What about uh, Eric Garner? You know, what, what about John Crawford? What about so many cases that were ignored? What about Philando Castile? Like, what about the cases that have been dropped or ignored over the past 10 years? And basically it's been crickets. What about exonerating the thousands and thousands of people who are still in prison over uh, cannabis and marijuana, weed crimes. You know, what, what about really doing things that show you care about your voters? 
And here we are now, you know, heading into year two of the Biden administration. And yeah, I give Mayor Garland an F. And I know several people that work uh, under him and for him, including some of his highest ranking staff. And they've basically been, I don't want to use the word handcuffed in the, in the context of justice, but they've basically been prohibited from doing the things that we know they can do. And um, that's Merrick Garland. And it's Joe Biden. And, and here we are. You know, a year after the insurrection and the and the Justice Department has done very little about this. And a year after the election and the DOJ, which is basically the group that's able to do much of anything about issues of justice, mass incarceration and police violence has done almost nothing. That's where we are. So when you have a problem with this current administration, Put Mary Garland high on that list. It's a failure. Take care, everybody. Break it down. What's up, North Star family? This is Donnie Rose, and I'm excited to let y'all know about the Word Life podcast, the latest podcast in the North Star Network that I'm hosting. Each week on Word Life, I will be exploring the intersections of literary art music, politics, and revolution, and unpacking the messaging, lyrics, and themes of poetry and music, both classic and contemporary, that function as the heartbeat, baseline, and bottom line for radical change. Be sure to check out episodes of Word Life, dropping every Thursday wherever you enjoy podcasts, and let us know your thoughts. Peace, creativity, and revolution.